Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger and podcast host again for you today. And I am Jake Jackman. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. I write for EPL Index and feature on the Premier League show of the channel occasionally. Obviously, great to have you with us again, Jake. Um, as ever, we're going to go into results roundup. And again, like usual, if you're happy to do so, Jake, do you want to take us through the fixtures from this weekend, starting with Friday night? Yeah, so Friday was a big one, wasn't it? It was um, Birmingham going to Norwich City and, and Norwich returned to winning ways with a 3-1 win. That was a huge win uh, for them and a disappointing loss for Birmingham, who'd built up some good momentum over recent weeks. Yeah. Um, moving on to Saturday, Bristol City uh, won at Nottingham Forest in Martin O'Neill's first game keeping up their positive momentum and, and moving two points uh, closer to the play, um, within two points of the playoffs. That was a huge win. Preston good away to QPR. QPR are a team that I like quite a lot, but they, they got absolutely smashed at home by Preston 4-1. Uh, so James would be happy about that one. Uh, Brentford going away to Rotherham, winning 4-2. Um, it seems like they are starting to get things back to back together at Brentford, and that, that was a huge win. Uh, and obviously Neil Mopé doing well in that game. I'm sure we might talk about him more later. Sheffield Wednesday, your team, Louis, getting a 1-0 win over Wigan. Wigan moving closer to that relegation zone, uh, which is a real mm-hmm. concern, uh, and we've touched on that on this show before, and that, that trend seems to continue. Stoke getting a huge win over Leeds, 2-1 at home. Nathan Jones' first win uh, in the championship, uh, and that was a huge one. Uh, first win, full stop, isn't it? Because they went out of the cup. So, yeah, first win. Yeah, that's so right. that was that was a huge one over the team top of the table and the team dominating the headlines at the moment. Leeds, Aston Villa, another draw for them, two two at Hull, uh, at home to Hull. Hull, uh, a team that had won a lot of games before this and, and get, keeping up their momentum with a with a good point away to Aston Villa. Blackburn beating Ipswich two 0 Paul Lambert's team looked doomed now. Mm. Derby winning two one against Reading. Big win for them. Who, who, you know they've they've had their struggles in recent weeks, been the victim of this spygate. Affair, <laughs> uh, and so that, that is very important. They got back to winning ways, especially with Bristol City and Hull and Swansea all moving close to that playoff position. It was, it was crucial they won this one against the team in the relegation zone. Middlesbrough continuing their poor home form with a one-all draw against Millwall, and then Swansea, perhaps one of the more surprising results of the round, beating Sheffield United home one 0 in a what was a really really a short performance from them. Yeah, some fantastic results there, as ever. Um, great fixtures being played, plenty of goals. Um, but what was your biggest win or biggest surprise from this round of games, Jake? I think it's got to be Swansea. Uh, I think winning at home to Sheffield United, Sheffield United had previously won their last four in the league. Um, 
going away to Swansea. They had a, a mm. lot of chances, especially in the first half. I thought Sheffield United were much the better team. And Swansea really came into their own and, and in the second half really pushed on and McBurney getting another goal. Uh, I thought the goalie, Mulder, was very, very good in this game. Made a couple of crucial saves. And I don't yeah. think it was that Sheffield United were bad in this game at all. I think it was just that Swansea played really well and it was really encouraging for them. And they really do look like a team that are coming together under Graham Potter. Uh, and we, we said at the start of the season it might be a project that takes time, but it seems to be really ticking over and, and the young players coming in are really doing well and McBurney looks like one of the best strikers in the league up top. They just look a very accomplished team and, and I know defensively they've had concerns in recent weeks, conceded a few too many goals, but to get a clean sheet against Sheffield United, massive. And I, and I think it's going to be do a lot for their confidences. Yeah, definitely. You've certainly took one off my list there, so I won't mention the Swansea game, but it was a huge win for them. Uh, one for me was... You know, it probably didn't come as a surprise, but Norwich was a huge win for them. Obviously, Birmingham have been difficult to beat of late and, you know, they've climbed right up the table. Um, but for me, it was a huge win because obviously Leeds United and Sheffield United both lost. So that, again, cements their place in, in yes, second position at the minute. But with, with both them dropping points, you know, they'd not won in a couple of games, Norwich. So to get that victory and, you know, back to winning ways was, was absolutely massive. Is there any other game that stands out for you, Jake? I mean, there's a couple. I think Hull going away to Aston Villa. I know they, they had the lead there uh, and got pegged back, but it, it, it was important that they did go and lose there and maintain their momentum, which they managed to do. Um, Disappointing to go from 2-0 up to, to draw to all, but I still think that's an impressive win away to Villa. We've spoken yeah. about the attack and talent they've got. They're never out of games even when they're, you know, two goals down. So that was a, that was a big one, I thought, Hull. Um, yeah, it may not look look great, but I think it's a, a positive result for them and, and they stay within touching distance of the playoffs. Uh, and I think Bristol City as well, winning away to Nottingham Forest. Uh, new managers yeah. there could have gone either way. Uh, and Bristol City have picked up another win. I think it's their fourth win on the bounce, two points with, um, within the playoffs. And Lee Johnson, he's a manager that he confuses at times. They go on these long runs... Um, of losing games and they you know come into form but they're in a really good position and they don't concede many goals they're only 29 conceded um and i think dear do up front is starting to you know get among the goals i think yeah there's potential there uh we are we are on this show we we do get carried away and sometimes you know talk about these teams that are getting close to the playoffs as potential playoff contenders i wouldn't go that mm. far yet because you know you have to show more than a streak or two to get into those playoffs uh, and it's no surprise that you know, those top six teams have been the top six for what has must have been the last two, three months now, haven't they? So it, yeah. it, it does take a lot to get into that top six. But Bristol City, they're showing good signs and, and I think it's, it's encouraging for them. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, there's certainly a few teams that could be the dark horses to get into the playoffs. Bristol City potentially could be one of them. Um, they're on a, like you said, a fine run of form. There's only other one fixture what stands out for me, really. Um which came as a surprise, was Preston beating QPR 4-1. You know, maybe it doesn't come as a shock that Preston got the win, even though QPR have been on a, you know, they they, they did well over Christmas, but now they've lost two on the bounce. Uh, But for Preston to go there and score four goals, yes, um, yeah, it it did come as as a surprise because, you know, we've talked about Preston picking up of late, but then I'm, you know, pretty much this last five or six weeks they've found themselves being inconsistent again i really don't know what to make of preston at the minute you know they, they lose a couple then win a couple it seems and then draw a couple you know it's it's, it's a strange one at preston at the minute but i still on the day i know that they, they can be beat any team but to like i say go to qpr and score four was uh, 
a great result for I them this weekend. I think it's worth noting that two two new signings got goals in that game, Brad Potts and mm. Jaden Stockley. So, you know, it could be that these new signings are exactly what Preston need to start firing. So I know they've had a lot of attacking problems, especially at striker. I don't think the match has been very good um, and they've had a lot of injuries there. So I think Stockley and Potts could could be two players that, that are really good for Preston. Maybe not so much this season, but for the coming years. Yeah, it's certainly a great start. Uh, but moving on to players, Jake, is there any standout players from this round of games and why? Um, yeah, it's a couple. Um, I, I mentioned Swansea goalkeeper earlier. I thought he was a really good Mulder. Had a really, really good game. Um, Tammy Abraham pressed again, uh, as he always does. Um, and I thought Jared Bowen in that game again was was very good as well. Um, you know, they're just two players we, we consistently pick out. But if they keep doing it every week, they're worth you know, more more and more praise, and, and they certainly have that. Um, I think for Blackburn um, in that game, I thought Adam Armstrong was really good um, for them. Mm. Uh, he, he played very well, got an assist, uh, and just look, he looks to be coming into form. He got a goal against Newcastle in the Cup uh, and just looks to be finally fulfilling the potential that he's had as a young player, um, 21 years old now, and Blackburn are a team that are in a, a good streak of form, three wins with a bounce. Yeah, I thought he played very well. Um yeah, for, they're, they're the four that really jump out immediately. Uh, any that you'd like to mention? Yeah, there's a couple, actually. It's funny because this is probably the first time on this podcast in ages where I've I've picked players that actually didn't score the goals. Usually it's easy to say so-and-so scored a brace or you know, someone scored a hat-trick. Um, but I've actually, other than Buendia for Norwich, he managed to get two assists. And like I said, that was a vital win for Norwich. So um, he was key for them. Um, but the the other two for me are both goalkeepers. So I wanted to mention Frank Fielding for Bristol City. Obviously, that vital win there that we've talked about at Nottingham Forest uh, under the cosh at times, but managing to keep a clean sheet. And then probably the player of the week for me, uh, another goalkeeper, but you've mentioned him already, Jake, is, is Mulder in net uh, for Swansea. So uh, they would be my three, but you probably agree with me that Mulder's certainly up there and for me he's probably the standout player of this weekend. I think so. I think without him, Sheffield United would have won that game. Uh, there was a, a save in the first half uh, in particular. I can't remember where it's from, but it's an exceptional save. And, and, and if that goes in, I think Sheffield United do what they you know, have done so many times this season. They just go on to win 2-0, 3-0, just a comfortable win. But that that save, you know, really turned the game and gave Swansea, you know, a platform to go and win it, which they, you know, went and did. So, you know, he deserves all the plaudits. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like you say, you've you've summed it up well there. And without him, Sheffield United would have taken probably at least a point. So uh, we'll we'll stick with Mulder as the best player from this week. Uh, moving on to the topics proper, though, Jake. Um, you've already mentioned Leeds. You know, in the headlines all the time at the minute. Leeds Spygate and the affairs that are happening there. What's your thoughts on that? Um, and what, in your eyes, is is a relatively you know, sufficient punishment that would suffice in, in you know, with, with the Spygate. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's a difficult one. We touched on it yesterday on the Premier League show. Um, you know, as this is making headlines across the world, it's worth covering there as well. I just, I'm just struggling to really care about it. I, I don't know if, if you agree. I think it's just a bit, you know, you know, you know, you know it's wrong, but at the same mm. time... It, do what, what would be a suitable punishment. I don't think he's broken any rules per se. And I think, uh, and as I said yesterday, I think it's, it should be on the the clubs to make sure that this thing can't happen to them. There should be 
things in place to stop people who shouldn't be watching training sessions watch training sessions. I think it, it's a lot on those clubs as well. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it could be a cultural thing. I, I think those that know about Bielsa know that this is the type of thing he does do. So you know, it shouldn't come as a great surprise. Uh, and I think the way he's taken it is quite well. He's sort of come up and held his hands up. Um, maybe being a little bit smart in, in some of his comments. Uh, that press conference was a bit bit odd but it's what we we come to expect from Bielsa and it it, it, it seems that it's finally now that we're seeing the true character uh, in England which which is both great and you know it and bad there are bad points I mean I, I feel for the clubs affected by it but at the same time I think there should be you know it's it's interesting that they're <laughs> really leading the charge at, at Derby the ones that were that caught it and, and Norwich mm. be pushing it who obviously are finally leads at the top of the table so of course they would be pushing this I just I just think a slap on the wrist, fine, would suffice, and I, I just yeah. don't think that anything like a points deduction is just way too much, in in my view. Yeah, I I was going to say the same. I think that they will get a fine, uh, maybe not a heavy one. It could only be maybe something between twenty and forty thousand um, pound. But at the same time, I can see both sides of of, of you. You know, it leads technically saying they're not doing anything illegal, not doing anything wrong. They're obviously wanting to gain an advantage. Yes, it's probably seen as unethical. Uh, and as we record today, actually 11 clubs have issued a complaint, uh, which is no surprise. You know, if if it was any other club, then, you know, I'd, I'd expect the same to happen. It's it, I, I agree with you, Jake. I don't think, you know, a, a points deduction would be ideal because... Effectively, you know, Leeds have gone out, they've gained 54 points this season and, and have won them on the pitch. You know, like you say, you, you can gain an advantage on many ways, but you can also gain an, an advantage on the pitch by diving and, and, and doing many things. So I think, you know, from an external perspective, spying on training sessions, yes, it's a bit immoral, but at the same time, like you say, I think a fine would be sufficient. Do you think, though, because of this, they could bring in a potential new rule. In you know, obviously the like let's let's say in hindsight they they do get a fine. Um, do you think then from, from then on in they will say that you know anyone else caught doing this in future then there's there's going to be punishments in place? Do you think that could happen? I think that maybe that that will come out of it, and, and that will sort of just be a the FA admitting to sort of trying to show something to those clubs that have complained, saying that they they have taken some sort of action. Uh, mm. trying to you know doing enough to make it look like that they're, they're doing something um but yeah i agree with what you're saying about diving as well i think those that saying this is against the spirit of the game uh the spirit of the game went quite a long time ago i think you know you get people diving you get people wasting time um, yeah it's i think when all this money is coming to english football things like this uh, are a byproduct of that and you know you can't say the english game is so great and pure because i think that that's just not the case anymore uh, and it's it you know it's the type the type of people complaining about this are those you know middle aged pundits and yeah, I've just I just struggle to care to be honest uh, and within a couple of weeks this will be forgotten about. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Um, I mean the only thing for me, Bielsa, it was obviously you, you know you, you do this until you're caught and they got caught. But then I thought it was a bit naive to obviously come out and say, well, we've we've done it for every fixture that we've we've had this season. I've been doing it for a long time, and and obviously that's probably why the, you know, eleven clubs have issued a complaint because these clubs know that it's happened to them, and you know, like we say, it's it's, it's about gaining an advantage. So um, 
maybe Bielsa shouldn't have come out and said that. But at the same time, like you said, he held his hands up. He's been honest. And I'm sure it's not going to happen again. And we will see what action he's taken um, over the course of the next few weeks, I suppose. Uh, but moving on to the next topic, Jake, is obviously, um, you know, the, the sack race. Karanka left Nottingham Forest last week. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that? And what are your thoughts on O'Neill as his replacement? I thought it was a bit odd. I thought Karanka deserved more time. I'm not sure if it was him asking to get out or or the owners or, or a bit of both. Um, I thought he was doing an okay job. They were touching distance to the playoffs. Um, he had a poor run recently, but you know, and even now they're only seven points off. And yeah, I think he should have been given more time. O'Neill, I think it's an odd one. I can see why they've brought him in. You know, he's got that club legend sort of. Yeah. feel about it, try to galvanise galvanize the players. But they did the same thing with Stuart Pearce. And I think the thing of O'Neill as well, if they'd have done this 10 years ago, would have been a good appointment. I just think now the game's left him behind. He's really the international management the last few years. I think even before then, he hadn't really had a club job for a while. And mm. it's, I'm not sure how in touch he's going to be. And, and the football that they played at, at the weekend, I'm not sure. Is that great? Um, a lot of foreign players as well there at Nottingham Forest seem to be trying to do what Wolves are doing and... If you're going to do what Wolves are doing, you need to bring in that type of manager that can harness that talent. And is O'Neill that man? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're they're hoping that the feel-good times of 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 their past are, are going to have a positive impact now. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think, it, I think it's a poor appointment, and I'd be surprised if he's still there in August. To be honest, I'd be I'd be surprised. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, you know, similar for me. I, I was obviously surprised initially when Karanka went. Um, they weren't doing too badly in the league. I think they were sat eight or something like that when, obviously, he got sacked. Um, for me, that is roughly where I expected Nottingham Forest to be this season, maybe potentially finish fifth or sixth, which is still not out of reach. They're sat 12th at the minute. But, you know, as we know in this league, there's there's not many too, uh, too many points in it. Obviously, Something's gone on with Karanka behind the scenes, I believe, and you know it's it's it'll all come out eventually. Because for me, Karanka is an experienced manager in this league, and if if you'd have, you know talked to probably twenty teams out of twenty four in this division, they, they would all love Karanka at, at, at their club. And obviously, when Lukai got sacked at Sheffield Wednesday, my club, you know, a manager like Karanka to to have come in, I'd I'd have been. Very pleased. Um, I am with Steve Bruce, obviously, as well. But, you know, Karanka knows his division, did it all with Middlesbrough. Um, I think he's tactically sound and he'll be a great appointment for somebody else. 
obviously it's not worked at Nottingham Forest. O'Neill's come in. Um, and I agree with you to an extent, actually, Jake. Yeah, I, I, th- I don't know whether, like you say, it's a bit like 10 years too late, O'Neill coming in. But, I mean, I think of O'Neill, I, I really think he's a great manager and, a, you know, as a, as a motivator and obviously back in the day when, you know, his times at Leicester and, and even international football, he, he has done well at times. But I don't know, like, like you say, whether club football's behind him now. I mean, obviously, time will tell. And I am excited to see him in the championship managing at club level again um, because Martin O'Neill's a great character. He's, he's great to have in the game. But, you know, the times have changed a lot. And I don't know whether O'Neill's changed with the times, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see his approach. But at the same time... I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't in the job in a year's time, um, which would be a shame. But again, only time will tell with this one. Uh, But moving on to topics again, Jake, uh, what's your thoughts so far on the January transfer window? And have there been any particularly good signings or are there any possible signings that you think we may see before the window closes? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a few uh, that are worth commenting on. Not not loads and loads, but um, I know I think we'll see a lot more over the next ten days than we've seen so far. Um, I think Preston uh, mentioned him earlier. I think they've done some good business. I think James Stockley is a very good signing. Really liked him at Exeter. Uh, thought he had a lot of potential, and he, he just seems like a good player for Preston. They're not going to break the bank on on you know Premier League players or or players from abroad like some teams mm. are doing now. But, yeah. I think he's he's got the talent and sort of the the mentality to really thrive at this level. I don't think he's ever going to become one of the best championship you know strikers, but for Preston, he he could get a a solid amount of goals each year uh, and really contribute there. So I think that's a good sign. And I think Sheffield United getting Kieran Dowell, very very good addition. I really like Kieran Dowell as a player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he was unfairly done by at Everton this year. I don't think he's given enough games, considering how poor they've been. And um, yeah, I just, it, I'm happy to see him back in the championship uh, and really excited to see what he's going to do there. Uh, the one problem I have with it is that I was excited about Ben Woodburn as well and, and that went on to you know, not be a lot uh, at Sheffield United. So hopefully Dow doesn't go the same way uh, as he did. But I don't think he will. I think he's got more experience and, and I think he's you know, at this level. We know he can do it. He's got the talent and, and he's done it before. So I think he's going to be a really good addition and really supplement their promotion uh, hunt really well. well. While you're on the topic of Sheffield United, then Jake, what what are your thoughts on Gary Medine obviously coming in on loan uh, from Cardiff and Oliver Norwood from Brighton? I think Norwood's a good signing. Um, was yeah. he, is is he only just come now, or is he was he there? No, he's he's been there actually since the beginning. I think he was one of the first signings of the month. So I think he came on actually January the second. Um, so. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been there a while as such. But uh, he's, he was on loan there previously, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yes, yes. So he's not he's not brand new. But no, I think that's a good sign. And I think he's good at this level. Uh, played for, he's done, you know, done well at Fulham, done well at um, yeah. Brighton. Uh, very good addition, I think. Um, Medine's an odd one, but I just think he's, it's just this classic Sheffield United signing, isn't it? It's just like Lee, Leon <laughs> Clark, David McGoldrick. You know, they're just those type of players that seem to go there and they've got that array of strikers that they could put any two of them out. I think he's a he's a good addition. He, he sort of blends in well with what the squad that you know, the squad they're building and the type of characters they've got. I think he's a he's a good addition there. Um I don't think he's ever gonna be a 
you know, the number one there. I think Billy Sharp is that, but I think he's a good addition and, and he could get a few goals this year, uh, especially in the bigger games. I think he could really come on and, and do a good job. I don't know what your thoughts are, Louis, as a former Wednesday player. You might have a few different thoughts to me. Um, it's, it's obviously a risk. Um, at the same time, though, Sheffield United, in my eyes, did need a striker. I can see why they've gone out and got a player like Medine. You know, if you, you talk to any blade and they, they all say, you know, they, they need someone supporting Billy Sharp. And like I say, Medine's a risk in the fact that he might go there and he might not score a goal. Um, he might not even get much game time if his performances aren't great. But at the same time, you know, they're sat third in the league and he might be the difference between second and third. You know, he, he, if he can grab even five or six goals from now to the end of the season, you never know that that might be enough. And, you know, to have him on the bench and another option, obviously, is he's, he's quite good at holding up the ball as well. And, you know, the, the players at Sheffield United have got running off him, if you like. Um, he, he might do well there. And I think I think it was a good move, despite him obviously being at Wednesday in the past. I never, ever thought I'd see the day where <laughs> Medine, especially with the history of, of what happened when he, when he was at Wednesday um, between both clubs, that he'd ever play for Sheffield United. It seems crazy, but like I say, at the same time, if Sheffield United can put it behind them and Gary Medine can put his pass behind him as well, then um, it might certainly be a, a risk worth taking. And, and Wilder's obviously thought the same and, and thought, why not? Um, like I say, if, if, he, if he's the difference between second and third, then it'll turn out to be a, a fantastic purchase, if only on loan. Um, but just, other players... Just, will, just yeah. a couple more for you, Louis, I think... Um, uh, a couple, a slightly different question before we get on to another edition. I think we should talk about Ashley Cole in a little bit. He's live for Derby today. But just first, yeah. is there any players in the championship that you might, uh, that you think might not be be here in February? Anybody that you think is is at risk of being bought by a bigger club? Because I think it's it's around this time that the Premier League clubs really gear up and do some business. It is. It comes to the end, and and yeah, there could be a couple in the championship that do get taken. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's three what stand out and. They've all been linked with moves away for the club, but strangely enough, now it's the time that you know the, the transfer window's open. It's, they all seem to have settled down a bit. So one for me is Bradley Dack. I really thought that Dack would have been a player by now, where you know we were linked with a move with around eighteen million, twenty million pound uh, Blackburn want for him, and, and I really thought a lower end Premier League team. Um, would would have offered maybe 15, 16, 17 by now, you know, tr- try and get him slightly cheaper. Um, but, and, and that may happen. He, he's one for me that, you know, it, it gets to the 28th, 29th of January and, you know, s- someone bids £18 million. Pound, he, he could make that move. So he's one that's still 50-50 for me. But if I'm honest, more likely player to leave, um, and I've mentioned him in the past, it would be either one of the Hull players, so Grisicki or Jared Bowen. And if I'm going to put money on anyone, I have a feeling that Jared Bowen could end up leaving in the next week or so. Um, he's obviously been linked with a couple of clubs. Um, Hull City, you know, always potentially been a selling club. And, you know, if, if the right money's thrown down on the table, even though he's doing great for Hull City, it'd be disappointing to see them leave, especially with the run of form that they're on, you know, he, he's been key to that success. Uh, but Grasicki or Bowen for me, yeah, I think one of them could potentially leave. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, 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 you've taken the, the, the words out of my mouth. I thought uh, ba- um, Bowen is, is 
I think he's more likely to go than not at this point. Hull have mm. shown before that they're, they're willing to do business at the right price. There's still problems with the ownership there. The fans uh, are not quite on board and, and the refs are there and it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Bowen go. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go to Tottenham. I think they're getting some injuries. I know they've got an interest and that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and I think the same with Grisicchi. I think he's a little bit older, but he's the type of player that a, a low-end Premier League club fighting relegation yeah. can can bank on. You know, they know they could get him for less than ten million, uh, and he'd he'd perform. Uh, I think he did well at Hull when they were in the Premier League, so that could happen. I think another one that needs to be considered is is, is Mo, uh, Mope from the uh, mm, yeah from Brentford. I think they're not doing a lot now uh, in the league. I don't think they're going to go down. Uh, I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs. So they're in that sort of pointless zone in the middle of the table sort of with little to play for and I think they've got a, a player there that is going to fetch a lot of money when he does go uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see one of those clubs at the lower end of the Premier League just take a gamble on him at this point or or even a team in on, on the continent it wouldn't surprise me to see you know a player like that uh, get a move there because they are more open these these foreign clubs to, to watching English football now uh, and yep. they've noticed that uh, his form and, and what he's doing because he is one of the best players in the league, despite playing for a team near the bottom of the table. So I think he's one, um, if not now, definitely the summer. He's one that's definitely got a future at a higher level. What do you think Brentford would accept for him then? When you talk, do you think something in between 10 and 15 million? I think that if they sold him this window, I think they'd be pushing somewhere between 15 and 20. 20, yeah. I think that would be a fair price in January. I think in the summer, there's a little bit more... You know, clubs can come in with lower offers, but just the desperation of these last few days hikes up prices. And I think even though they don't have that much to play for, they sh- they should be looking for that figure. But then is he the type of character that will push for a move? That's another factor. You know, mm, the championship clubs yeah. are not like the Premier League clubs where they can price themselves out of, of a move and then have an unhappy player on their books. I think Villa now are probably regretting keeping Jack Realish when the money was on the table. I don't think they're going to get that any that think near that again and clubs need to look at that and think yeah he, he's one of our best players but are we going to get this money again um maybe not so it, now is the time to cash in and for a championship club even 10 million you know you could do a lot with that in the championship and Brentford have shown I'm sure they've got five six seven players that they know could come in and do a job there uh, if they had to sell him for a lot lower cost so I think the model they run I think they'd be happy to sell them uh, at, at a good price and I don't it wouldn't surprise me it just wouldn't I think it's it's the last week of the transfer window when these types of players get linked to the Premier League clubs and their agents see an op- opportunity uh, and yeah I just think he, he and Bowen I think they're the, they're the two big ones for me that, that could, could depart yeah, well, if Mopai doesn't leave, uh, it could be Watkins also, because I know obviously he's linked with a move away from the club, because yeah, yeah, for me, Watkins is, is one of the, the, the best players in the league, and, and uh, you know, it, it was great last season, he's, he's decent this this season also, I know obviously Mopai stole the headlines a lot this term, but Watkins, like I say, he's only going to go on to bigger and better things, Um so, yes, again, time will tell with that one. Just to name a few more players that have made moves, though, in this window. Uh, I thought it was a good move for Leeds, obviously, getting Kiko Casilla um, from Real Madrid. He was released. I don't know too much about the guy, but, you know, just to obviously give Peacock Farrell there, um, a, you know, a, a fight for first-team place can only be good for Leeds United, Leeds United, especially with the position that they're in at the minute. 
Uh, Anthony Pilkington obviously went from Cardiff City to Wigan, uh, which makes sense. And I know a couple of people who listen to this podcast predicted that to happen, um, and it has all done. And then another uh, couple of decent loan signings. In fact, Bristol City have made probably... um, Two of the two of the best signings, if 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 you, if you minus Sheffield United away from it, um, in the window, obviously managing to get Lewis Baker and Casey Palmer, and Casey Palmer obviously scoring the other day um, on his debut, I believe it was also. Uh, but moving into previews and predictions, Jake, obviously we pick out three key fixtures from the next round of games, all at Saturday at three o'clock. These kickoffs. Um, some games have obviously postponed due to the FA Cup, but half of the fixtures will take place. The first game we'd like to preview and predict is Norwich City versus Sheffield United. What's your thoughts on that one? It's a huge one, isn't it? And I'm surprised I've been picked up on TV. Uh, mm. I'm not sure what, what sort of the rights are around the FA Cup and if you can show other football, probably not. And that, that's got to be the only reason why it's not on TV. It's gonna it, it's a massive one. Um you know, if you'd have said to me a week ago, I, I would have thought this was a bank a banker for Sheffield United to win. I, I thought Norwich had slipped, uh, and the the rate they were conceding goals uh, was still high. But you know, they got a really good win, and Sheffield United um, lost at the weekend, and it just really turns it. And, and even a, you know, one weekend can really change your your your, your opinions on on a game like this. Um, that said. Chris Wilder will know how big a game this is. He'll, he'll know that this is a game that they they can't lose. Uh, whereas Norwich, I've got that mentality. I don't think they would play looking for a draw uh, under Fark. I don't think that's that, that's their type of style. But they, you know, the the mentality of the two teams could be could be interesting to watch and and, and see how they set up and sort of the the impetus on on breaking the other team down. And I think that could come from Sheffield United. So I, I think they're going to do it. I think Sheffield United are going to go there and win. I think they're a better team. Um, I just, I just think they're going to go there and win. And it, it, this, this is a game that could, could, you know, have massive implications on, on what happens at the end of the season. And I think Sheffield United have, have had that recent experience of getting a promotion, uh, and yeah, I think they're going to go there and win. I think they, it, it's going to be tight, but I can see them winning. I just think their attack is going to be difficult for Norwich to uh, contain, given, you know, the, how vulnerable they can be in defence. So, yeah, I, I think Sheffield United are going to go there and win two-one. Sheffield United, I think. You've surprised me a little. I didn't think you'd go for an away win in that fixture, actually. Um, but yeah, this this game's obviously got the making of, of being one of the games of the round or games of the season. Um, you watch it, it'll probably be nil-nil now. Um, but yeah, I'm also surprised it's Saturday at 3pm. Like you say, you, you'd have thought that there'd been some TV rights with that, even if there'd I hate the dreaded moving fixture to midweek because it obviously it doesn't do the fans any favours, but I'm surprised that's not happened for this one. Uh, it's essentially a six-pointer, though, like like you say, Jay. Yes, huge game uh, and could be the difference come the end of the season. It's so tough to call. And, and for that reason, the only reason that I'm going to pick Norwich City is because they're at home. Obviously, you know, they, they are vulnerable in defence. Sheffield United are collectively as a team can play some fantastic football but on home turf I'm for this reason I'm going to go 2-1 to Norwich um, and I think yeah like you Jake I think there'll not be much in it in fact I think that there'll only be one goal in it like we've both predicted but yeah I'll I'll go for a home win in this one uh, the next game though um, South Yorkshire Derby uh, sorry Yorkshire Derby not South Yorkshire Derby but another 3pm kickoff is Rotherham versus Leeds United what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's difficult to predict Rotherham. Um, 
Knights. They've, I think they're better than they were last year at the time they're in the championship, but they're still just a, a lack of quality. Um, and and looking, I know we haven't touched on the relegation uh, battle this this week, but I, I'm seeing signs from Reading that make me worry for Rotherham. Uh, I really am. So mm. um, Leeds lost three of their last four, so not in the best form, but they should have enough to go to Rotherham and win. I think they've got to. They can't be dropping points in this one. Uh, it's getting too close at the top. Um, you know, both Norwich and Sheffield United have moved closer in, in recent weeks. I think it's it's just too. They can't afford to drop points. There. I think Leeds have got to win this one, and I think they will. Two uh, 2-0 I'll go two nil Leeds. That's exactly what I wrote. I think that Rotherham will obviously start well first thirty minutes, and they'll, you know we've talked about the grit and determination and, and team ethic that they have got. What's picked them up points this season? But again, yeah, I think Leeds will just have the quality, and you know over the course of the game, I can just see Leeds going first, and then from then on, on within, I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to go two nil as well, Jake. I, I, I agree completely with you there. Uh, the last game we're going to predict is Blackburn versus Hull City. Obviously, both pushing for the playoffs, um, and both obviously on a on a great decent run of form. Uh, what's your thoughts on that game? This is going to be a, a very interesting watch. You know, you got players on both sides uh, that are worth paying the ticket money for alone in, in Bowen, Grisicki, and and Dak. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think, I think Blackburn should have enough in this one. I think they've they're showing an improvement in recent weeks. I was um, impressed with them both times I saw them against Newcastle. I thought they I thought they did very well in those matches. Um, yeah, I think they they're going to have it have enough at Ewood Park. Um, Hull, they're going to have to lose at some point. You know, they, yeah. and, and maybe that was the start of their decline. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I thought it was a good result, but it, you know, losing from from uh, drawing from 2-0 up is, is always a disappointment. So, yeah, I think Blackburn are going to do it. I think and Blackburn could be the team we're talking about in in two two weeks' time. It's, it's, it's the next one pushing those playoff positions. Still mm. don't think any any team has done enough to, to show me that they can break into it, but I think they're going to be the next one that we're talking about on this show. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Blackburn win. Okay. Again, yeah, difficult to call. And like you say, some fantastic players great run of form. I mean, Hull City's on unbelievable form and Blackburn have obviously won the last three in a row. Blackburn have got a great record at home as well this season. I believe that they've only lost lost two at home. Um, but again, I'm going to say that both teams remain unbeaten and predict a draw. I know that's boring, but I just can't find a difference between both the sides except obviously that Blackburn are decent at home but with the form hull around then I, I can't predict them to lose really uh, but this will be a very very interesting result come five o'clock uh, so yeah I'll I'll stick with 1-1 but I can certainly reason with you why you picked a home win in that one uh, but with that unfortunately Jake we are out of time if you'd like to let us uh, let our listeners know where you can find you now would be a good time yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jeffrey with two N's. Uh, all right, for EPL Index, and you can listen to the Premier League show on the same channel where we talk about a lot of stuff that goes on in the league above. I was on that show yesterday, so check that one out. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the Championship Pod on Twitter, also where we post each show to our pin tweet. Please subscribe, like, and retweet the show. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 